Welcome to Rattlecast number 43. We have an excellent show for you today. Uh, before we begin, I should say, Rattle is a publication of the Rattle Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit working to promote the practice of poetry. Uh, we've been in continuous publication since 1995, and we are unaffiliated with any other organization. If you enjoy poetry as much as we do, please click the like button and make sure uh, you subscribe and share this with your friends no matter where you're watching this. Uh, it's always a pleasure to do these live broadcasts, but I um, want to make sure that people sh- get to see them. And so um, so please do share and click the like button and do all that stuff to tell the computer overlords uh, that we exist and that you like us. I'm, I'm double checking to make sure that everything is working because on uh, if, you, if you're a watcher of the uh, Poetry Spawn Live on Sunday mornings, um, it, didn't, it didn't go out on YouTube. And uh, I have no idea why. So um, I'm making sure that it does now. But it is now. So we are all set. Now, today's poet's going to be uh, John Philip Johnson. Uh, it's a pleasure to talk to him in just a little bit. He's, um, he's an excellent poet. We've published a bunch of great poems by him. But first, for a warm-up poem, I thought I would announce that um, uh, Ted Couser's poem, uh, A Town Somewhere, from Rattle Number 65, is a winner of the Pushcart push Prize this year. So congratulations to Ted Couser. If you uh, want to know what it looks like to, to get a Pushcart Prize winning letter, this is uh, what you get. Uh, Bill Henderson, who runs the Pushcart Prize, is very old school, and he, sends, he does everything over mail. And um, so you get these kind of things, and then you get a little uh, waiver that asks for your note, and it says in, in Bill Henderson's scrawl there, a town somewhere, Ted Couser. So I thought for the warm-up poem today, we would read Ted Couser's poem, A Town Somewhere, and uh, here it is. A Town Somewhere. I'd like to find it for you, but I can't. You might not like it anyway. It's quaint and pretty in an old, worn way, quite near to me at times. But then it's gone, impossible to find. I've been there always, but I haven't been, if you can understand. It's a town that I remember in sweet detail that was never. It would be simple to find someone to love, it's so open there. Whenever there's a fence around a stand of flowers, bachelor's buttons, there's a gate with a hook and eye latch that a finger can lift. And whenever you see shutters framing windows, they're decorations only, for they shut out nothing. Those windows are Windex clean, too, sprayed and wiped with wads of inessential news. If you peer deep into the liquid shadows, careful to avoid stirring the surface, you might see a figure rising, as if to take a breath of what's beyond, looking out at you above a sill of potted violets. Was she the person you might love? She's gone. And even as I call up the town for you, I feel it darken. Sundown. A dog is in the distance barking and barking, as if aware that we'd been there, just passing through, leaving no more than a scent on the wind where no one was or seemed to be. And that was A somewhere t- a Town Somewhere by Ted Couser. That's going to appear in uh, the Pushcart Prize anthology this fall. So congratulations to Ted. It's always a pleasure um, to have a Pushcart Prize poem. So uh, there you go. Ted Couser is a town somewhere. Now, um, today's poet, as I mentioned is um, John Philip Johnson. 
And we've published a bunch of his poems over the years, including uh, the Poets of Faith issue, um, most recently a poem called Book of Fly, which became the title poem of his newest collection. And he turns his poems into um, um, graphic poetry with uh, comic book artists, which is really fascinating. Um, so John Philip Johnson is a poet and writer, mostly doing science and fiction and fantasy. He has had work in many journals and magazines, both literary and genre. He has a master's degree in poetry and teaches college English. And he is also a Pushcart Prize winner. Congratulations, John. Um, I was going to surprise you here, but um, you won a Pushcart Prize too. Uh, You're kidding. For book, the Book of Fly. Yeah, let me show this on screen. I'm astonished. Yeah, so I thought I'd keep it a secret. I only went... Wow. Uh, to get the mail on Sunday and found this waiting here. Like somehow, um, wow, yeah, somehow, <laughs> as if it's the universe knew wow. that I should wait until you're going to be the guest to, to find that letter. Holy cow! Yeah, so uh, well, that's really that's really um, wow, that's a great honor. I really, uh, I'm really, I'm really grateful for it. You know? Yeah, well, it's a great poem, and we, uh, I even remember um, when we when we read it. I think it was maybe a year ago or so. Um, Mm-hmm. Uh, when he submitted it, we, we read it and we said, wow, that is such a unique poem. I mean, who, that, that is such a, a strange, interesting and and deep poem. It was great. So star on the submission, if we think it might be some kind of prize winner, either the Neil Postman Award or the Pushcart Prize. And uh, so we nominated it and it won. So congratulations, wow. uh, John Philip Johnson That's... for winning a Pushcart Prize. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's like I can... <laughs> like I, I can take the summer off now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, you'll always <laughs> oh, be a really Pushcart so, Prize winner, right. that's for sure. Wow, that that's amazing. I'm really, um, yeah, that's really amazing. Well, thanks for your support, Tim. Thanks for your help. You know, thanks. Uh, you know, I, I, I think not all editors would uh, want to publish this stuff because it's kind of uh, sometimes it's kind of out there. You know, it's kind of different sometimes. Well, it, it's different than other poetry, which is what I just love about it. Um, do you want to start out oh, so thanks. people can? Um, have some idea of what we're talking about. Um, your two poems. Should we, we do that published. one first? Yeah. Do you want to do Book of Fly first? Yeah, sure. Do you want to do it in the comic book form or in the uh, text form? We can, do, we can do it first. Hey, first, first, let me do a plug though for my friend Ted, my friend Ted Cruz, who's actually my who's actually my mentor. This is I can't see. It. I don't have a picture of the camera. Uh-huh. I can't see the camera. But is this is this showing? It up? is. Yeah. Yeah. The poetry um, Ted Cruz or the poetry home repair manual. I, I wrote poetry for decades, and I wrote reams and reams and reams of poetry, and uh, I kind of like the stuff. It was I, once in a while I find one. I, was, I, I like it. It's kind of they're kind of sweet, but um, I hardly got anything published until I read this in two thousand and eight, and after that, almost everything I sent out got published. You know, it was just it was just a it's a it's a magical book, and it's really I mean it's it's this philosophy of poetry too, which is that like the reader you're not doing you're not writing poetry to show off about how brilliant you are. You're doing it because because you've got the reader is giving you two or three minutes of their time, and so you want to give them something worthy of those two or three minutes, you know. So that's the uh, that's the philosophy that underlies this. So yeah, Ted, wow, that's really yeah. So Ted Kuzer's yeah. book uh, helped me help me uh, help me get published a lot. Well, yeah. he says congratulations. I sent I sent him an email uh, today. Uh, this morning, uh, letting him know that he won the Pushcart Prize, and, uh, uh-huh. and I mentioned that you were the other winner, both being Nebraska poets, and, yeah. and he said that he remembers having you in a class and that you were great, and um, he he wanted me to pass yeah. on his congratulations. So congratulations. Uh, yeah, uh, thanks. I, I really, I'm glad to hear that. I'll reach out to him. Uh, he didn't he didn't spoil though. He didn't like email me though. <laughs> well, I told him. I told him that we were gonna. We, we do correspondence. Yeah, I, yeah, I told him. He might be watching now, but I told him that we'd be. Um, 
you were happen to be the guest today and uh, that we would let you know live to see to see your reaction, I guess. And so he, he wasn't going to spoil it, uh, but maybe he's watching. So hi, Ted, if you're watching. Hi, Ted, if you're yeah, watching. Yeah. yeah. So do you want to read that poem, The Book of Fly? And do you want sure, to... Let me, let me scroll down to... Do you want to read it in the, uh, in the, in the comic book form or do you want to read it in the, in the text form? Um, this one, um, why, don't, why don't we read it? Why don't we just show the comic, okay. um, if you like. The, um, the, the, com- the comic, though, is a little distracting. And the things I like about uh, a, a couple of these is that there's a um, the, the, what the artist came up with is not at all what I would come up with, but it's still I think there's some really awesome art that um, these artists have put with this stuff. Th- this is by the artist by a guy named J.M. Lewis or Justin Lewis, and uh, he does he does wonderfully weird stuff, and so so he turned this into kind of a uh, kind of a science fiction noir movie from the 1950s. Um, and, uh, and this is uh, this poem is uh, this is from Mike Allen, and and Mike Allen he he kind of taught me how to have fun with poetry back about 2011. Um, it was Mike Allen, and um, he did had a magazine called Mythic Delirium, and there's also a magazine called Goblin Fruit. Oh, have you ever heard of either? Have you heard of either of those or you know I either of those hit your radar? Or? Um, I heard about it only because in your note to this poem back last when we republished it, you mentioned Mike Allen, so I went back and looked, and yeah, there's cool stuff that you can still find online. Yeah. Yeah, they just they just they really taught me how to have fun with poetry and how it didn't have to be like didn't have to be academic stuff. You just you just write what what brought you joy, you know, and, and uh so this is uh this is this is the book of fly. And uh do you want me to start reading and you'll uh stick the art up yeah. there and want to try yeah, that? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so the, there it's in chapter and verse, so uh I'll just read the numbers, but it is so it's one one. F- feeding on the living is good. But feeding on the dead is better. One, two. Nestle your offspring in the rancid. One, three. The air is heavy. Let it work for you. But fly only until you find beauty. One, four. Shit is beautiful. One, five. Rub your hands together before you eat. One, six. If you land on the wrist that holds the swatter, consider yourself lucky, not clever. One seven, remain humble if you think of anything. One eight, you only have a few days. Stay simple. One nine, one nine, greed when you are able. Two one, and when you are licked by the frog's tongue or swallowed by a songbird, or felled in a cloud of nerve gas and lie twitching unconcerned, Two two, know that it is the honor of a fly; it is its purpose to die. Yeah, and that was "Book of Fly" for Mike Allen by uh, John Philip Johnson. So, Pulitzer Prize-winning poem. By- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pushcar Prize-winning poem. Um, Pushcar, Pushcar Prize. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, how did that poem come to be? I kind of, I just wanted to ask about that. Like, like, were you like that? Is like the Bible of fly. Uh, where did where did yeah. you come up with it? Because the flies can't have a long Bible; it's got to be pretty short. It does, yeah. They don't have a, don't have a long know, life. Yeah. <laughs> they don't have a long life, and they don't have a long attention span. And um, well, uh, I was, um, uh, I was, it was actually, I was, uh, I went to a poetry. I, I, I flew out to uh, Boston to because I wanted to meet Mike Allen because I just loved the work this guy was doing and the stuff he was public. He publishes and edits a ton of stuff, and he's he's a big influence in the um, in the genre world. And so I wanted to meet this guy. And just kind of learn from him, just see, you know, just just convert, you know, talk to him, see what, you know, and um, 
So I went out to this uh, to, to this um, convention called uh, ReaderCon. It was in Boston, and um, he was giving a poetry workshop. And I was like just off the plane. I think I sold my suitcase with me. And I was listening to him talk, and he, and he was talking about he's talking about flipping perspectives. I mean, teachers. I mean, teachers say that kind of stuff all the time. But when he said that, and he said, like for example, like um, like uh, flies, like uh, they should, you know, they 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 know they're dying, and they're okay with it, you know, or something like that. And uh, I, and that's just kind of puzzled over that line for. I mean, kind of long. I really liked it for a long time. It kind of it kind of buzzed in the back of my head, and I. Um, uh, I was out in the sun. I was laying out in the sun uh, a couple summers ago, and uh, I had my notebook with me as I usually do. And uh, there was a bunch of flies around, and uh, I just I started to write it, and there were just little aphorisms. And I thought, you know, how can how can I unify this? How can I make coherence out of this? You know, by these aphorisms. And so I rearranged them to the kind of a thematic order, and then uh, excuse me, and then I. Um, and there's this like lightning bolts, like oh yeah, these are like these are just like chapter and verse, of course. And then when, once I had that, then I had the title, you know. And then it's like, well, of course, the book of fly. What else would you call it, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's pretty nice. Yeah. In in the in the in the comic book version, uh, I don't say shit is beautiful. I, I think I think I say dung is beautiful. I think. And the reason I did the edit is that um, I printed a lot of these. I, I used I, I sold school supplies for about twenty years. Um, you know, curriculum materials and crayons and desks and chairs, things like that. And um, and so I'm pretty familiar with curriculum material sales. And I um, so I want I want this I want to sell these in the schools because here's the idea, Tim. It's like most most people don't like poetry, right? I mean, I mean, a few do, but I mean, most most of the country not too interested in poetry. And if you're a high school English teacher, you probably like poetry. I mean, that's one of the reasons you studied English is because you could you know because 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 you like poetry so you like poetry but your students don't right so this comic book is a great bridge to help uh, to help introduce them to poetry and to show them that poetry can be fun and enjoyable like all the other art forms you know like movies like paintings like architecture like you know clothing all, I mean, all the other beautiful art forms you do poetry poetry can be enjoyable so it's part of the mission uh, to help you know to help spread joy in the world to help you know it's kind of, is to kind of trick students into liking poetry, I guess you could say. So, yeah, how did I, I wanted to talk to you about the way um, um, it came to be? Because you, you have really like well-known comic book artists as the people who were doing the drawings for these uh, two chat books, and there's two. I should I should mention. Um, where did I put the other one? Um, I got here. No, no I got I got it here. I got it here. It was just buried okay. in the other one. But yeah, stairs appear in the hole outside of town too. Um, I still got a few of those left. Yeah, I, I have uh, yeah, three I, copies myself, and it's really cool. Nice, sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's cool. And um, but but how did you end up um, working with these really great graphic artists? Well, so I was starting to do um, kind of. I was starting to do. I mean, for one thing, I, I like poetry with a narrative line, and I like poetry with real nouns. I mean, to me, that's uh, that's the only way to really anchor a poem and to make it enjoyable for a reader. I, I don't want to give a bunch of abstract stuff. <laughs> Excuse me. I don't give much abstract stuff that that um, you know it's, it's confusing for him. I, I want real nouns, really palpable nouns. And so uh, I was writing stuff like that with short narrative. They tend to have a narrative element in, in them anyway. And one day I was reading. Uh, one day I was online, and a friend of mine had posted uh, some uh, uh, some poetry illustration by Julian Peters, and it was um, it was a few pages of. Um, the love song of J. Alfred Prufrock. 
he since he since illustrated the whole poem and has it available as a comic book. But I just saw just a few pages and I thought, this is fantastic. This is like this is the real deal. I love this stuff. And so I, I wrote him a letter and I said, you know, I don't know if you'd be interested or not, but you know, I'm thinking about maybe making a uh, comic book of poetry. Would you be willing to you know, would you be would you be willing to, you know, illustrate my stuff? Here's a couple sample poems. And he, he wrote me back and you know, I love your stuff, I'd love to do it. And he did um he did the uh, he did stairs appear, that was the first one, and then he came and then he did there have come soft rains. And um, there have come soft rains has gotten republished a lot. It's it's in it's in uh, it's in anthologies, it's in textbooks. It's really cool. I mean, really, I mean, it's just just uh, a couple weeks ago, I got a, I got a check for two hundred dollars. You know, for I mean, that's, you know, for a poet, that's like big money, right? I mean, it's like wow, that's like top of the line. So somebody's reprinting it, they sent me two hundred bucks. You know, so. So that was uh, that was how. So it was just you know Julian Peters. You know I saw his stuff. I loved it. I thought my stuff would would work well with poetry. I approached him. He said yes. And then um, and then I thought I thought I should have other artists working on the book. So mm-hmm. well, it's, um, it's a great. In fact, in fact, I think it was I think it might have been Ted actually who suggested that I contact Bob Hall because uh-huh. uh, he he's a guy here in Lincoln. Also, he's he's a he used to do a lot of work for DC and Marvel Marvel or Marvel and. Um, I mean, he, he was kind of a legend for those guys. He still makes his living going to comic cons and signing his name. Mm-hmm. You know, people paying to sign, sign his name, yeah, which is cool. And I showed him, and I said, "What do you think?" And because I didn't know, I mean, he's kind of a big shot in the comic book world. I said, oh, I mean, he, "He said, yeah, I like that. I'll do that." You know, so that was, uh, you know, <laughs> and then and then once those two guys were on the project, then everybody else said yes, you know, because it was. Mm-hmm. Well, it's kind of a testament to um, meritocracy, kind of because. Because these poems uh, really work well for this uh, genre. Like, it, they're just so creative. Um, the, the Stairs Appear poem, yeah. I just think of that. That's one of my favorite poems we've published. And um, they're just, they really actually are so creative. So the idea that some, you, you know, in the in the poetry world, it tends to be this, like, you know, what awards have you won? Now that you're a, a, a <laughs> Pushcart Prize Push winner, Cart prize you can winner. get a bunch of doors open. Wow, just... But, um I suppose it will. It's really... But uh, but but really, I mean, you never published any books before, but just the the quality no. of these poems and um, and how imaginative they were sold it to the well, artist. I've, I've been writing for so many decades, you know. If you just pull off your best work of thirty years, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be pretty good, hopefully, you know. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, do you want to do you want to read another poem? I don't know what you wanted to go to next. Sure. Um, you want, you want to do? Um, it's a little different order, but you want to try stairs up here? Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. And they can, that way they can see Jillian Peters' um, poetry. This was the first one I had illustrated. I remember he sent me the email, and I opened up the JPEGs, and I was just, I was breathless. I was just like, wow, oh, these are so cool. Yeah, I should say, if anybody, um, you know, loves these and wants to see them again, there's, they're available on our website. And I think we have PDFs available. You can just download if you want, too. Um, I think yeah, have, if they wanna, yeah, and if they want to get the whole comic book, uh, I think it's two bucks on my website, digital, or five bucks, mm-hmm. which is a real deal. Yeah. Uh, for the paper copy, which is the paper copy plus shipping, which is like three dollars. So you have to. I mean, to me, the I mean, it's a comic book. So to me, it's it's you know holding the paper in your hand and, and with a can of root beer nearby or something like that. That's the deal. <laughs> yeah, totally. You know, yeah. that's yeah. Well, here you go. It's everybody like, can it, see it, it now. So uh, so go ahead. Stairs stairs appear in a hole outside of town. Stairs that never stop going down, concrete steps, concrete walls, down 12, turn right, down 12 more, fluorescent bulbs humming on every landing. You can look between metal railings and see down into the vanishing point, 
it's creepy because it's so bland because it's otherwise because it's so otherwise plausible there are little clusters of tourists and townsfolk walking up and down murmuring their speculations the municipality has stationed a few policemen in the upper stories after that it's the wilderness of young men who aren't huffing or letting their better judgments hold them back some pack a lunch see how far they can go a few loners have gone for days or longer obsessed and come back with critical perspectives on prior stories brought up arguing against them bringing rumors of their own rumors of the lights shifting imperceptibly of ambiguous odors of vast ballrooms and wide open spaces of small villages with picnic areas of hot steamy dioramas of hell of strange animals grotesque and sublime of a rapture that some theorize is the bends but they swear is as real as the bright pounding light that fills everything down that deep where the stairs are made of light the walls a glow you can't quite touch this is weeks down beyond some rapture or rupture point beyond some point from which they never really come all the way back and the stairs appear in a hole outside of town that was from our uh, speculative poems issue and um it's just such a great speculative poem um thanks so, so much. where did the idea of that one come from <laughs> just stairs i mean that I, is a cool I, I was, that's like I, an I, episode of um uh outer limits or something that's exactly yeah. and that's to, to me that that's kind of my aesthetic ideal is to, is to do like a, the twilight zone or outer, outer limits or something like that i i this one, you know, I was just in—I was in kind of this manic mood, where it's like I just—I just felt kind of all powerful, you know. It's like, man, I got a poem in me, you know. It's like, I mean, like Napoleon would be like, "I'm gonna go conquer a country," but I'm like, "I'm gonna go write a poem," you know. And I just—I just knew I had something in me. I was just kind of waiting for that first line. I didn't know what the subject, subject matter was going to be, right? Just, and then the subject, and then it's like, boom, I got the subject, and I, wrote, you know, wrote it out. Then it actually took a lot of revision, though. Uh, the first, um, I think, I had the first line, but the next three or four lines, three or four or five lines, were really kind of muddy and dull and i need them to be kind of snappy and uh it took a lot of revision with um uh grace bauer uh shout out to grace bauer a teacher at uh, unl she's just great and uh adam hubrick and uh chris demarco and uh and um tully uh tully i can't uh, this was a few years back but and so yeah so maybe so it was workshop in your standard academic you know workshop environment and um that's really what helped it really get really clean i think is uh is that workshopping? So, yeah, I mean, all of us, I mean, you know, none of us, you know, no man is an island. I mean, most of us, you know, we can't do it. I mean, we need a group to help us, you know, help kind of, I mean, ultimately you do it yourself, but without the group, without the context of society, it's not, you know, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not really well, all that good. Well, Nebraska know? is such a literary hub with, uh, you know, Prairie Schooner and Kwame Dawes and uh, Grace Bauer, yeah. who you mentioned, and, um, there's so many great poets coming out of uh, Nebraska. I think it really rivals Iowa. Um, it, their workshop is uh, one of the central places that poetry comes from. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, you meant, um, I think Ted mentioned that you took a class with him. Did you? What What is your background in poetry? Like, where did you? How did you come into poetry? Um, I was uh, back when I was an undergraduate. Uh, I was an English major, and one day I was reading um, Byron. I was reading his Don Juan, and uh, you know, I was enjoying it. And uh, he was he he rhymed gunnery with nunnery, 
And I thought, really? I mean, you would stoop that low, <laughs> Lord Byron, you know? And I also thought, gee, I mean, I thought anybody can do this. And I realized that it doesn't have to be like, you know, great human beings, but just, just regular folks can write poetry, you know? So it was kind of liberating for me. And I wrote, I scribbled out, like I say, I scribbled out reams and reams of poetry for a lot of decades, back in my 20s and 30s. And most of it was just lost. It's just in the, what do you call it, detritus or the flotsam. Um, I mean, it's just, um, but once in a while I come across one and they're, they're kind of sweet. I, I enjoy seeing them. But, um, so I wrote, I wrote poetry for years and years and years and then um, rarely got it published. But there was a, you're right though, there was a great literary tradition around town. Um, besides, uh, there was a guy named Bill Clefcorn who was, um, I mean, Ted was kind of the unknown poet. We are we were all aware of his work, but but we, none of us ever saw him hardly. But but uh, his friend Bill Clefhorn was a very sociable guy. Very, I mean, he was became a state poet, and he was um, he was a dear friend to probably ten thousand people. I mean, really, I kind of was a dear friend, and I'm one of ten thousand who did. You know, I really so he was a big help. Uh, Hilda Raz, do you, remember, you know her name? Oh yeah, of course. She she was the editor of the Schooner before Kwame mm-hmm. and. Um, she she was she was a she was a very powerful personality and a good poet and um, oh there was a bunch of others um, Roy Scheel uh, was really good um, 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 the guy in Hastings I'm sorry it's kind of what Don Welch and he was really good um, and um, and there was Susan Strayer Deal was she, she was super anyway there was there was a lot of cool poetry back in the uh, back in the early 80s and 90s. And I was just, I just, I would go to all the poetry readings, so I, I you know, knew all those guys. And, <laughs> yeah. Except Ted. Ted was the, no one, none of us knew Ted. Oh, really? He was- and Ted, and, and, and Ted got better, though. That's the funny thing. I mean, like, you look at Ted's early book of poetry, and it's pretty good. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's, I mean, it's just one of many books that was published in 1968. Uh, but, but, um, but, but his later stuff gets so strong, and that's what's really amazing. And then his, his friend, Bill Clefhorn, who's, who's, who's first book, I think it should be up there with like giants on the earth or something like that. It's called um, Alvin Turner's Farmer. I think it's just a great poetry book, and it was by far his, his first book is by far his best book. And um, I'm just kind of rambling now, I guess. But uh, anyway, so but anyway, this, this is the environment we had in Nebraska. Yeah, it was. A, it's a, it was. It was, and I, I think still is a very literary environment. Yeah, it's a nice place. It's a nice place to be. It's not. It's a, it's not such a bad place to be. You know, mm-hmm. Nebraska, and uh, I'm glad to be here. You know, there's. A lot of jobs. There's not not too much crime. It's pretty clean, you know. It's uh, it's it's a, it's a real nurturing town, you know. Yeah. Well, I was there so. uh, to interview Kwame in the issue that uh, Book of Fly appears in. Uh, I didn't even make the connection that you were a, you were a Lincoln, Nebraska poet too. Um, well, I should say uh, if anybody has any questions for uh, for John Philip Johnson, uh, just leave them on the chat window or um, on uh, Facebook, and I'll pass them along. But do you want to read some more poems, John? Yeah, I do. Let, let's let, let's read um, the next one. Let's read is um, let, let's read um, let, let's read. There have come some. Well, let's let's read. Let's read the uh, Shadow Folk, and it's it's kind of a cool poem. There's a lot of cool images in it. I mean, it's it's, it's jam packed with real nouns. So many real nouns. It's kind of like fantasy. Um, the first the first line, by the way, is from um, is from Coleridge. Well, it's a. It, from from uh, the rhyme of the ancient mariner, mariner when he said you know there was a ship I don't know if you remember that poem or not but he's like the old, the old guy says there was a ship he's like wait what what you say he's like you know so so that's so that was the first line into that from that but this I mean I think Bree Underhill did the art for this one and Bree is an up and coming artist uh, she's out of Texas she she does really fantastic work it has this kind of dreamy kind of almost mythic quality. 
And when she picked this one to, to illustrate, I thought, well, this will be good. It's jam-packed with real nouns, and so she'll, she'll probably illustrate the nouns. But huh, no, she, 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 she does something significantly different than what's going on in the narrative, and yet it works. It ties together. And I think this is, this is good. I mean, like, I mean, it, the, these aren't just illustrated poems. These are graphic poems, you know, and, and there's, a, there's, a, there's, there's a tendency among maybe like the language poets who'd like maybe do like language, il, illustrated language poetry where, where, the, where the illustration is like a, I mean, they, they hate narrative anyway, but, but the, 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 that the, the art involved would be sort of like another brushstroke of the, or, or the text would be kind of a brushstroke to go along with this little kind of odd picture. And, and that's the way they build it. I mean that's fine, but there's nothing there's nothing there's nothing wrong with this. I think this graphic approach that we do it creates a singular experience for the reader. Um, it's kind of like um, it's kind of like the the movie for the movie script. You know what I mean? I mean I think it's really a, a unique uh, thing that we're doing here. Yeah. Hey, ask me about these blocks later. I'll tell you about these blocks. Something other unique thing. <laughs> okay. Are you ready to? Yeah. Me to yeah, read go it. Ahead. Slow. Mm -hmm. There was a castle and creatures inside who thought of themselves as human. During the day, they pretended they had bodies, and at night, they gasped for light in the flickering torches. The wind was heaped in piles like bread along their hedgerows. Time was a line of braying cattle, sluggish in the moonlight, halting, lowing like love as it settles in dust. The sunlight they had shoveled as yellow sludge against the ice was not enough that year. Winter was monstrous. The darkness fattened. All the shadow folk were absorbed. For a while, the last ones leached off those still living, the way memories feed on the present moment, swelling to the size of green apples, dropping off with a cry. So I thought it was a pretty cool poem when I wrote it. I thought and it got published in a nice joint, and uh, I thought I liked I like kind of the mythic quality to it, and the and the kind of the jumble of kind of intense metaphors, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But then, but then Breeze, but then Breeze, uh, uh, graphic treatment is just I think it's just awesome. I mean, I just love that kind of dreamy distance uh, that she's got in her uh, art so you know what it reminds me of we, we i think we mentioned this maybe last on the last uh, episode but um i've always been a fan of art bell back from when i worked overnight yeah. shifts and it just reminds me of um yeah sure like an, you know reading the whole all all of these two comic books remind me of um those great art bell episodes like the what was it the mel's hole like you had a story yeah, about yeah, the hole yeah. that I, would I, I um yeah. You know, you just throw and things in about, and they never land. That. I heard about that after I wrote the poem. Somebody <laughs> told me. Yeah. But, uh, but all the, in the shadow people. And there's just this, like, sense of, like, there's another world besides for this world. And it's sort of walking alongside of us. And that's what uh, comes through in these, uh, these imaginary that's what poems. I believe, yeah. Yeah. I'm, um, you want me to read a normal poem that's not too genre Yeah, let's try a normal poem. That's a good contrast. Yeah, sure. Okay. Here's one. Um. This is this is one of my first publications, and it's it's the one it's the first one on the list I gave you the second glorious mystery. Okay, and the, and the second glorious mystery. For those of you who aren't Catholic, or those of you who are Catholic and forgotten, 
the second glorious mystery is the mystery of the rosary, and it's the it's the uh, ascension of Jesus into heaven. So um, the second glorious mystery. Instead of rising into the sky, what if he had stayed, laid down on the ground, and said goodbye with an ineffable smile, dissolving into a puddle of something like water or a starless night sky, his smile disappearing until he was no more than a glint on the surface before sinking into the land. Then we would say of him, he is not a transcendent God. We would say of the tree, oh, there you are. We would drink in the perusia of afternoon sunlight and say to our friends, I love you like dirt, like ashes in the wind. I adore you as you are lost to the underside of things, to the pulse of quiet, which answers the thrust of light. And that was the second glorious mystery by John Philip Johnson. Um, yeah, I I don't know if I was right here. Yeah, with an arrange to show you. I'm not, yeah. You, you mentioned, uh, you know, being a Catholic poet. One of the, one I of the things I um, and, and you were in our poets of faith issue, um, which is one of my favorite issues. Uh, with uh, with Chris Anderson was the interview. It was such a good um, issue. And I'm not a religious person, but I love religion, and um, I think it's just so valuable. Um, do you feel like Thanks. poems are sort of prayers? That's the thing that I always, I always feel like as a non-religious person, that that's the way poetry operates, is that it's a kind of prayer to the mystery of the universe or something like that. Is that do, you, do you have a spiritual connection to poetry, do you think? That's not a bad way to look at it. Yeah, they're certain, I mean, they're certainly, they're certainly similar poems and prayers, and I like that about it being a, a prayer to the mystery. I mean, there's something, there's something mysterious about a poem. I mean, it's, at least when I write, I'm trying to find beauty, which is, excuse me, is a, is a, I mean, beauty is a facet of God, so it is a worship in that sense. I'm hoping to find a, a bit of God and, and uh, I mean, uh, you know, God's all around us, but sometimes it's more obvious, and so I'm trying to find, make it, you know, trying to find something more obvious, I guess, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's definitely part of my mission, too. I mean, I, I think I'm doing what God wants me to do, so. You know, and as a Christian, too, I mean, we believe that no good thing comes except from God. You know, so when I'm able to sort of write a poem, and then that kind of thing, when you kind of disappear into it as you're writing it, and you come out the end of it, and you're like, wow, that was, you know, you know that, that, and I always have to give glory to God, because, I mean, that's, you know, you, the really good stuff you're writing over your head, you know, it's just not, it's just not stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, you and I are having lunch together or something like that, we're not going to be like, we're not going to be really over our head, and we, we might discover a little stuff, but mostly it's going to be, it's going to be small discoveries. Maybe it's probably not going to be anything really cool. I mean, it'd be enjoyable, but it's not, you know. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I, um, you know, I remember when I was a teenager, I tried to sort of find God. And I joined a church and went, you know, to, to service and hung out with, like, the church kids there. And um, I never understood this I idea see. that um, the Bible was sort of divinely written. And it wasn't until years yeah. later that I found poetry and realized that experience of... Um, like it's like something else is writing you. Like you're the instrument of something else when you're when you're doing that act of creation, and uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it really it really that's fits it. as if that's like you're a vessel of God or something. Well, I think we did discover something here. Yeah, actually, this is a. I think we did go someplace pretty good there. Yeah, I I, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I think that's that, that's the way I see life. Yeah. Well, do you want to uh, do you want to read some more? How much more time do oh, we have? We have uh, 20 minutes. 
Oh, that's great. Let's read. Um, do you want to read? Should we do it after the? Oh, oh, was this one? Yeah, whatever you want to read. We have. I have a whole bunch of stuff here. Let's. Um, I kind of read something kind of sweet. Let's read. Let's read after the uh, changeling incantation, which is in the comic book. And this is one that was published. Um, I wrote it. It's one of those things. After you, after you write a good poem, you're like, "Wow, that that's you can just, you can usually just tell, you know." And I wrote it. And I thought this is. I really like this poem. And I really. And I thought there was one magazine that should be in. It should be in Strange Horizons. And I sent. To, I didn't send it anywhere else. I sent it to them, and they and they took it. Uh, Rami uh, took it. And, do you know? Do you know Strange Horizons? Oh, I do. Yeah, it's one of the. I think so. I think one of the first places I published my own stuff. I have some. I don't even remember if it was no a way. poem or a. I don't know if it's a poem or a short story, but I published something there back in the day. Yeah, back when I was publishing. Um, well, I, I think Strange Horizons. I mean, if your readers want to get an introduction to genre poetry, mm -hmm. um, which is science fiction, fantasy, horror. I mean, it's, it's genre work. Then I think Strange Horizons is one of the best places they could go. Yeah, to see some of the best, the, the overall, some of the best quality versions of it. Yeah, I definitely think it is. Um, I totally agree. The other so thing is a, the, uh, the Science Fiction yeah. Poetry Association is really good too. Which I think uh, Book of Fly was nominated for uh, whatever they call their award. Um, yeah, just a couple of days ago, it was. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so, and, and how they work is they you get nominations. They make an anthology of all the nominations. They send all their members a copy of the anthology, and then they vote on the winner. So we won't know if uh, Book of Fly won for a long time, but I think that's how it works, if I remember right. Oh yeah, no, that's right. You aren't a member, are you? Um, no, I'm not. No. And uh, they just uh, they just nominated the comic book for they have a award for the for books and just they just nominated the com nominated the comic book. Oh, that's cool too. Um, yeah, some discerning reader did. Um, so what we're gonna uh, read again and where is it? I'm trying to find. Oh, if the changeling. Oh, it's from the, stairs appear. The, the one thing that's frustrating <laughs> about yeah. your comic, there's no table of contents. <laughs> I kind of wondered about that when I was doing it, but I thought I don't know. It takes up space. It and, does. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it makes it makes no sense. You know, because there's you read it through, but um. Just, just dive in and read it. Exactly. Yeah, take 50, but for me, minutes. trying to find the poems, it's it's going to take a little while. <laughs> it's the one. It's in the. It's in the. Uh, it's in stairs of Piers, Yeah. It's in the green one. It's in stairs of Piers, and it's uh, it's it's in it's it's the one that looks like this. Okay. In fact, I can almost uh -huh. hold it like that. Okay, I found it. I found it. It's getting dark right here. Do I need to turn any lights on, or is that? Is oh, that you're okay? good. Yeah, the cameras adjust. Oh, do they? Okay. Um, okay, so I'm ready to become a or uh, after the changeling incantation. Yeah. Mike Lawler illustrated this. I think he's a Utah artist, fine artist. Uh, he sells lots of like regular gallery art. But back in college, he and I did a, a comic book, a comic strip called uh, Leisure Man, about a. Uh, about an unemployed philosopher who walked around in his brown terry cloth robe complaining about life in America. <laughs> Which sounds like something college guys would do. It does, well. yeah. So, uh, Mike Lawler, yeah, so, so, um, after the changing incantation, to become, a, to become a goose had seemed important earlier when he made the change. A gray goose, for some reason, fat, with the ability to lift 
above the archer's arrows. Fly past the leafless autumn trees and cross the bowl of the mountain valley beyond those far peaks. There was a mission to get something or to return with someone. Some reason to be a goose other than just gooseness, other than filling your wings with sky. Hands, hands drop the wand. Feathers cannot pick it up. We forget when we change, we become something else. Things mean differently. He circled the great alpine woods, forgetting. There, below, knotted in the trees, were the plottings of men, creatures like little gods, with their endless violence upon things. They make such noise, they wail and bleed. It is no place for a goose. It is no place for it is no place for one who can find north and south within his body and know which one to choose. Yeah, there's another poem from uh, Stairs Appear in a Hole Outside of Town, John Philip Johnson's first uh, graphic poetry book. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about um, the way you publish these? Because that's unusual too, and, and might be something that people should know about. Because uh, you kickstart these books. Oh, um, yeah. I, I figured. I mean, I figured. I'd, I figured. You know, if you could find a publisher to do this, they'd probably only want to do like a couple hundred copies, maybe, and then they wouldn't hardly give you any money. So I thought, if I actually want to do this, I should do it myself. And so, um, yeah, I, I started. I, I did a Kickstarter and raised a few thousand bucks, and then um, it wasn't enough to cover all of it, but it was enough to get a big chunk of them printed, and then. Um, and then I ordered a bunch, and uh, then I sold them. The first one I sold at, uh, oh, I would go to conventions and science fiction conventions. And I sold a lot online and stuff like that. And what I want to do this time is I want to sell it to schools. Um, like I, I mentioned that earlier about the, you know, trying to trick students into liking it because um, I'm actually I have lesson plans, and I'm actually I've actually got a package for the for the teachers. So when I think I can sell a lot to the schools, Bob Hall sells it. Bob Hall, the guy that worked for Marvel and. Uh, and DC and, and Image and Dark Horse and all those guys, uh, he said that he said if you can if you can sell a couple thousand copies, then on your own, then he says then, um, which I think we can do. I don't know, maybe not. But, but he said, but then um, that then one of the uh, a, a publisher like Dark Horse or Image who are like number three and four in the comic book world after DC and Marvel, he said one of those guys is likely to pick it up because I think if a flat out amateur can sell a couple thousand <laughs> copies. What about a bunch of sharpies like us? I mean, we can we can sell ten or twenty thousand or whatever. So he said that's the way to do it. So hopefully that's I don't know. We'll see what we'll see what God has in mind. But that's the that's the thing I'm aiming for. Mm -hmm. um, and, and did you find um, what was your experience like though? Kickstarting um, like like and how that works for people who don't know is that you post and say if we reach right if we reach these levels, then we'll be able to publish the book. So you have to donate in order to sort of make the book happen. So everybody who Donuts yeah. is sort of a participant in in the production of the book. Absolutely, and their names are on the book too. Their names are on the inside uh, covers, and then uh, and people who said nice things about the book, uh, reviewers or 
editors or whatever, I put the, I put their blurbs on the back. And they're all they're all real blurbs. They're not like fake blurbs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the industry's ripe with fake blurbs. But these are real blurbs. Most of them were unsolicited. I think I think maybe almost all were unsolicited. I think the blurbs and um, yeah. And I wanted. I mean, if somebody wants to know how to do Kickstarters. There's a ton of how to do a Kickstarter, and I and I that's what I just did. I just I just read a bunch of those online. And uh, but I was kind of lucky for the first book. I had a um, I had you were publishing one of them when the Kickstarter was going on, and then Ted was publishing one in his newspaper column. Um, and so I had a couple. I had a couple booths, and then and then the other thing you just tell everybody you know. Mm-hmm. And you try and you try and tell them like one on one. So I mean, you know, you're trying to do just a cut and paste. You try and sort of approach each person you know. And uh, you do it ahead of time. I um, mean, you prepare ahead of time and all that stuff. And uh, you, you know, you try and make a try and make a short video and and it sort of does the pitch really. You, I mean, I had to hone the pitch to like a minute and a half. You know, down from like ten minutes. You know, and so uh, you know, mm-hmm. and and um, just stuff like that. I mean, just it all it all just came together. The first one, the second one came together pretty good too. The second one was harder. I was at a wedding um, out in California, right when I was starting it, so it didn't quite do as well. We still we still raised a bunch of money though. We still got a good response for it. So, and if I, yeah, if I'd done everything I'd done the first time, I think we would have hit three or four thousand. But, um, but we still do okay though. So, have you have you found that uh, you mentioned going to uh, comic conferences and things like that? Do you find that that comic book fans um, appreciate it? Like, did did they? Um you know, enjoy it for the, you know, come yeah. for the comic book and then, and then find the poetry. Stay for the yeah, poetry. exactly. Yeah. Abs- absolutely. Yeah. The, the response from a comic book has been very strong. I think it's, uh, I've had a lot of them tell me it's, it's the best or one of the best independent comics they, they've seen or seen in years or, you know, so yeah, the response has been very strong among those guys. The, the, the trick is just getting into their hands. You know, I mean, there's, you know, there's a billion people in the, in the world trying to, you know, get attention on the internet or whatever. And I guess I'm just one more and I don't, I find it kind of tedious to be one more of them, but, but anyway, that's what I got to do if I'm going to sell these things. Is just get the word out there, you know. Just, I mean, this it's work. It's work, Tim. You know, I'm a, I'm a Tim. I'm a poetry salesman now, you know. And so, but it's like, uh, yeah, it's almost going door to door, you know. I, I find the I find the conferences, I mean, they're fun, but you, you spend all weekend to sell thirty comics, forty comics. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, you do it for love of the game. It's not it's not for the money, you know. Yeah. Well, well, but still, I mean, you know, but yeah, they like it. Well, since we keep know? talking about Ted Kuzer, though, it's a perfect example because I, the story he tells in uh, our interview with Ted, which I don't remember what issue that, that was, 32, yeah, it was a long time, something like that. Was that, was that Alan? Was that one Alan? Yeah, yeah, that one was that Alan. It was, it was with one. Alan, yeah. yeah, but he tells the story about yeah. how Delights and Shadows, um, which won the Pulitzer and ended up making him Poet Laureate of the United States. It was, he was at uh-huh. a conference, I don't know if it was the New York Book uh, Festival, maybe, but yeah, uh, something like that, some buyer. Uh, for um, Barnes and Noble, happened to pick up his book, the one book she like happened to grab, as she was like mm-hmm. walking past, and um, and she read it and loved it, and decided to, you know, make it a featured Barnes and Noble book, and that's what made it take off. It was just the luck of being there. Um, yeah. And then, um, and he went from from being um, a poet, like any other poet who's a good poet, but but doesn't take off like that into being a yeah. uh, Ted Kuzer who's Super poet laureate. Famous. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, cause really, I mean, my opinion of Kuzer was that, you know, he was a, definitely a peer with Clefhorn and, and, and Greg Kuzma and Hilda Raz and all. I mean, I thought he was one of many good poets, but I didn't, I didn't think he was head and shoulders better than they were. I mean, maybe, maybe as now he's, it's hard to perceive it though. I mean, cause he's so famous now. It's hard to look at his stuff just as just, you know, Ted's poems it's, it's without looking at sort of all the, all the, um, 
awards people have given to them, mm-hmm. you know. But um, yeah, well, what, what but yeah, I think, I, I, think a... there's, I think there's there, there's tens of thousands of poets yeah. out there who write really good stuff, and I mean, you know, like like movie actors. I mean, there's tens of thousands of people that could could win the Oscar. They just they just they aren't in Hollywood or they aren't acting or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, yeah, there's just so much just wait, so much yeah. about the, the other famous story I just say is um, uh, Bruce Cohen tells a story. And um, so, so somebody submitted a book, uh, a story to a Michigan Quarterly Review. It was rejected, mm-hmm. and then um, mm-hmm. they for, forgot that they'd already had it rejected there. Sent it again, and uh, it was published. <laughs> and then yeah. they loved it so much the second time they read it after they rejected it that um, they um, nominated it for a Pushcart Prize. Speaking of Pushcart Prizes, it all ties together. And then and? an agent read it in the Pushcart Prize anthology and said, hey, do you have a book? Because I love this short story. And um, he did. And the book was She Come Undone by, uh, She's Come Undone by Wally Lamb, which ended up as an Oprah Winfrey Prize uh, winner. Oh, my gosh. Only because he accidentally sent it to the same um, magazine twice because he forgot it had already been rejected there. That is the story that uh, Bruce Cohen tells in one of the essays that we published at some point. But um, that, that's a great story. It's just the yeah. luck that's involved, though. There's so I mean, there, we live yeah. in the golden age of, of writing and poetry, and there's just no limit yeah. to what you can find. It's just amazing to see. And so some people get lucky. And, and, and part of luck is, of course, how many times you roll the dice and never giving up rolling yeah. the dice. But um, well, yeah. That's, yeah, how long you persevered at your yeah. craft or whatever. But yeah, but there's there's tens of thousands of good poets in America that'll never see the light of day hardly. Yeah, you know? there, there really are. And um but it's so cool that you have these uh, these these uh, comic books, and I hope they take off because it's really a way to to introduce poetry to people. I think that, that's what I hope to do. Yeah, and I hope to I'm, I'm hoping Julian uh, he's got his uh, T. S. Eliot comic. I'm hoping that he'll let me publish it, um, and then we, we can use that as the uh, and, we, and we can sell that one too. Hey, I want to show you these these little um, blocks here. I don't know if you can recognize them in the dark, but they're they're mm-hmm. wooden. They're one inch wooden blocks. Can you see yeah, them? we can see them. Okay, and and. Um, and so, uh, what I'm going to this, this was this was Brian Tawara's uh, idea. He's like he's the president. He's a um, Laotian poet. He's Laotian American poet. Uh, he's uh, the president of SFPA. Anyway, he, he said, you know, like you know those like those infinity folding deals, those picture cubes where like you can unfold and they, and they keep getting bigger. You know that you've had those in your hands before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He said. He said, what if we design some poems on those? And I said, oh, that's a great idea. I really like that. So. Talk about talk about a product, or I mean, this talk about a. This is not a project that sort of ends up, you know, making you richer, famous. But it's really, it's just a, it's a beautiful idea. I just love the idea. So we're going to do that, and um, I'm working on some text, and I'm going to use some, need some illustrations. And I think I'll put a rocket ship on it someplace. And I've already got some of the text. But the thing is, like, it's got to work so that as you open it up, the text keeps working all the different ways you open it. And that that's kind of the trick of it. I think you can't just slap some poem on there. You got to make it work on. It's got to be part of the cube, and so um, yeah, that's what. That's what yours. This is one of the projects yours truly is up to right now. You know, I mean, there's no, there's no magazine you can send it to. You mm-hmm. know, what I mean, it's like it's, it's kind of a dead end uh, commercially, or as far as advancing your personality. I think it's really a beautiful thing to do. So, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna try that. Me and Brian, and see how that turns out. And, I'll send you a picture if it turns out good, or I'll send you a video of it. Yeah, you know? or send me a, send me a sample. We can show it on a, a future Rattlecast. It reminds me of um, Taylor Molly has those uh, po- like poetry him. dice. Have you seen those? Or no. metaphor dice, I should say. And it's a different no, kind of concept, but it takes he takes like three objects, and you roll the dice, and you make a metaphor out of them somehow. 
kind of like a kind of like haiku. Yeah, yeah. Something. Well, it's for metaphor. It's for making your brain sort of think on that level of comparing one thing to another and everything existing on a different plane of parallel existence or whatever. That sounds really cool. I've never met Taylor, but I really I, we've corresponded a couple of times, and I really like his work. I think he's a really cool guy. So. Yeah. Well, he's gonna be on this uh, for anybody who cares in uh, I think September twenty second. So uh, we're we're, well, we're booked way in. out until then, but uh, we'll have Taylor. He was going to come to the Wrightwood Literary Festival, but it was canceled this year because of the coronavirus. Sadly, but uh, yeah. we're going to have him on the Rattlecast yeah. instead, and then have him in 2021 when uh, we have a bigger blowout rattle <laughs> or uh, Wrightwood Literary Festival for uh, bigger and better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. combine a couple hey, years into one. I'm really excited that a friend of mine. Um, well, he's done he's done 99 percent of the work. Tom Lombard. He's uh, he's made a. Um, He's made a short um, motion comics uh, video of uh, of one of my poems, hmm. and he's going to do. He, he wants to do the whole stairs appear. He wants to do all five of them eventually, mm-hmm. and then uh, and then we'll post them on Amazon. But we we submitted to uh, at least one film festival, which got canceled, but but uh, we were accepted for it. So hope, hopefully we can get in and win. I mean, it's really cool. I mean, I, I've seen the finished version. It's really it's really nice. It's it's the Bones and Shadows poem. Oh, that's cool. Which yeah, which, yeah, which I really like that poem and. Um, Anyway, so that we, we've got a video of that. So after, after we, hopefully, hopefully we can, we can win some prizes and cop a little fame with that. That'd be and nice. Then, yeah. uh, well, all your stuff is, then, so, yeah. is so cinematic, but but like shorts, you know, yeah. like uh, cinematic shorts are kind of the the poetry that's version a, of that is almost what you work in. That that's exactly it. You know, I mean, that, that's my favorite. That's my favorite um, medium when I'm watching movies is, is those short anthologies. You know, those short and with the short a bunch of short stories put together, and that's I'm very aware of. Uh, poetry as a as a cinematic thing. I mean, I'm very much aware of that, and I yeah, I like that. Do you want to read? Do you want me to read? Uh, the, the, this one can it, it's um it's the stars my destination. You want me to read that one? Yeah, sure. Why don't we we do two poems to finish this out because we're about running up out of time. Okay, let's do let's do stairs appear, and then after that, let's do uh, Martian gardens. Okay, you mean the stars the stars my destination. Or, or, or yeah, let, let's let's do the stars. My destination. Okay. In stairs appear. Gotcha. In stairs appear. That's it. Yeah. And th- this was this was published uh, comics and all in Strange Horizons. And uh, yeah, that was that was a talk about a coincidence. Yeah, I was sending out letters to people saying, you know, please support my Kickstarter. And uh, I got the one back from the editor. Um, and she said, "Hey, this is pretty cool. You got, you know, you got um, this. This is kind of maybe you got any, you got any comics that aren't published yet?" I said, "Well, as a matter of fact, I've got I've got two, and those are the two. Those are the, these last two. The stairs appear. The stars of my destination, illustrated by this cool British uh, dude uh, named Adam Martin, and he does a true kind of modern comic style. It's kind of got that awesomeness. I mean, if you look at there's a." You know, modern comic books. I don't know if you've seen any, but you probably you probably have. But there's kind of they go for awesomeness in their in their illustrations, and that worked really well with this poem. This one, this one kind of scared me to write it. I mean, like, I mean, I think poetry is all about voice, um, and, and even though yeah, it's somebody else's voice, it's not yours. You sitting there, but I mean, but still though, you and you inhabit the voice while you're writing it. You know, and at least I do anyway. And so it kind of scared me. I mean, it's kind of like. Uh, like Amy Clampett said about Marlon Brando, she said, "Not all the blood is ketchup." I mean, you know, something, <laughs> you know. <laughs> that's a good line. I know that. I yeah, I, I, yeah. See, I really like her poetry too. But um, 
anyway, uh, this is so, so you ready with st- the, st- the stars, my destination. It's all, it's, it, it's based kind of on Zizek and most of your readers or most of your listeners only who Zizek is. He's that entertaining philosopher from, I don't know, Croatia or Serbia, wherever he's from. And it's also, it's also the stars, my destination is the title of a book by Alfred Bester. And, and he's really, for people who are in people who haven't read science fiction, he's like, he's one of the gems. He's one of the rewards you get for getting into science fiction is his novel, the, the, the stars, my destination. So this is kind of a, Conflation of, of uh, Zizek and Bester. I scuttle in the dark down barely lit galleys, a sliver of life amongst hulks of the dis- hulks of the discarded craft. Salvage, they call it, but no one comes for it. We are alone, floating in space, the wreckage of old spaceships and myself. The creak of old halls is the void trying to break in, the relentless crush of nothing. We resemble the end of all things. The apocalypse does not recycle. The end of light, its dull terminus, the passing of the stelliferous era It does not kindle new light, yet there is no end to endings. For now, for now, we are the only place free from any nature, even our own. Garbage exists outside of time, beyond history, unencumbered in the near-perfect dark. I am an egg. I am the egg of eggs, formless and empty, able to take any shape I want or none at all. I am the only thing without inertia. I want nothing. If I am born, it will be without meaning, like a star. That was another one. Uh, that was. Uh, let me show it to you. Hey, it's my joy, man. This is it. I mean, how can I write academic stuff when I can write stuff like yeah. this? I mean, I just, I just love this the stuff. The Star's man. My Destination by John Philip Johnson, art and lettering by Adam Martin, and it reminds me of yeah. the William S. Burroughs. Um, um, what is that one? The the one with the um, control needs time and all that stuff. What is that? The the stupid, ugly, bloated American. What, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> you guys got to look it up. Yeah. If you uh, haven't seen this, uh, do, what is it called? It is um, is the God returning, turning to Earth. Uh, I can't remember what the name of it, but I looked it up. But that reminds me of that. There's a great video of it. Um, but uh, but yeah, these are just so uh, cool and imaginative, and, and yeah, definitely not um, academic. I guess you could say. <laughs> No, and I mean, really, I'm at the point now, like, I'm old enough, I don't write poetry long enough. When I write a good poem, I think to myself, I'm the only person on the planet who could have written that. You know? <laughs> it's just really, really satisfying. Yeah, just, yeah, you know, that is the cool thing about man, poetry, that, that it's just I'll, so I'll unique. Stuff my wife yeah. And, yeah, I show stuff my wife, my daughters, and I'm kind of like, and, and sometimes I, I don't even send it out anymore, but it's just, I write it, I just love it, and it's like... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm the only guy that's ever written that. Well, the joy comes through for sure. Like the amount of fun you have with these, you you feel them reading. 
Um, yeah, well, thanks. Do you want to do you want to finish that with one last poem? Mm hmm. Martian Garden. Okay, Martian Garden. It's the last poem in Book of Fly. Okay. Um, with thanks to Mark Aiello, I'm not sure if that's how you say his name or not. I was reading in Nimrod a poem. This is also one of, the, one of those things where I felt like I had a poem in me that was going to come out, but I didn't know what it was about yet. And um, uh, I was reading uh, a copy of Nimrod, and Mark Aelio had a um, – I, I apologize if I'm pronouncing his name wrong – had a poem in there. And it was about um, – the, the subject matter was a little bit similar. I mean, that he had, a, he had somebody inside the house painting a picture and somebody outside the house gardening. And, and, and I thought, wow, I could put that in space – and I could make you know a bunch of changes. I mean, so I mean it's it's not it's not. I mean, it's got none of the same words. It's got none of the same the themes are different. But I did uh, I did get the kind of the basic idea of somebody inside the house painting and somebody out in the garden from him. So I want to give him credit. It was the first garden we'd had there. The soil of pulverized minerals, more like most machine parts than proper dirt, but it held root and got clammy with moisture. We worked it all day, and then you stayed up painting it on canvas, as though you were in the caves at Avignon, capturing elk and bison. You lodged a big earth sun overhead, all bright and yellow, and rows of imaginary corn, yellow stalks and yellow silk, all of it yellow and beaming, with one gardener among them. Me, I think it was a yellow me, also beaming, as though the machine-made Martian air didn't bite on my lungs with each breath. Your painting changed things. And while the plants we have will hardly be green or even grow, and the sun will never be pulled closer, no matter how much pigment you apply, still, as we work the next day, strewing our gray spores over the rocks, I was in your yellow Mars. <laughs> that is awesome. That was a Martian so, Garden by John Philip Johnson. From and, and now and now yeah from from the comic book the book of fly yeah and and now and now all you guys are now now all you all are, are in my yellow Mars you know it's just it's just a beautiful meta way to in fact that what we, uh, my wife painted a picture if you go go ahead about two more pages if you got time go ahead about yeah. two more pages on that. and the there's a picture of her she did this picture to uh, of um. She, she did a picture of the poem. My wife's a painter. She makes a living as a painter. Oh, yeah? It's, yeah. Oh, is this so, it the, uh, the sun, the yellow sun on Mars? Yeah, she's got two. She's, she's got one with the uh, kind of the sunflowers, and then she's got one that was just a really yellow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there's the, the figure there. And here's the sunflowers one. Yeah, there it is. Yeah, so that's yeah, the yellow one and then the sunflowers mm. one. Yeah, yeah, Sue uh, Coma Johnson. There you go. Yeah, speaking speaking of Ted, I used to, when I wrote a good poem, I used to send them to Ted. I don't, I don't do that anymore, but I used to send them to Ted's like, hey, what do you think? You know, trying to little praise, you know. And uh, he liked it. He said he goes send us to Poetry Magazine. <laughs> yeah. He goes, uh, goes, you know, it does it does a lot more than most genre poems do. So I sent it to Poetry Magazine, but you know they didn't they didn't buy it. But, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe someday. Hey, now that I'm a, now that I'm a Pushcart Prize winner, maybe. maybe. <laughs> no, seriously, yeah, yeah, so I'm, I'm winner at the Pushcart Prize, and then uh, they'll pay attention. <laughs> and in every, uh, I, I mean, the way it works really mostly is that every, um, 
publication has like screeners and they'll uh, kick it up if they see something like that. So uh, there you go. <laughs> wow. Well, I used to read the slush for Kwame over at uh, the Prairie Schooner. Yeah. And um, yes, yeah, so I used to read. And, and then Hilda, Hilda had a deal. Like, yeah, if somebody had been published in or half a dozen publications, if they'd been in there, that was, they were golden and they were, they were bumped up right away. So yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a sort of a hierarchy going. It's really the way, uh, literary publishing works these days but um if there's any book that deserves a pulitzer prize i just love these uh two comic books of yours uh john thanks so much for tim thank you yeah, so much thanks so much for joining yeah, us today it's been so a pleasure to, to finally meet you after all these years it's been we've been published for about 10 years and uh it's good good yeah. to put a face to the name and uh, and all these awesome poems. well likewise you're a real pleasant person you're really you're really a congenial guy i've enjoyed our time together and uh, i really i just love rattle it's my favorite public poetry publication because I love it. I love your mission. I mean, it's, it's about taking poetry to the regular person, you know, and um, just, you know, I just, I love what Rattle does, you know. Awesome. Well, thanks, John. It, it's great talking to you. Have a good, good rest of your night. Thanks. You too, Tim. Okay. Thanks again. Yes, that was John Philip Johnson reading uh, from his two books uh, of graphic poetry. We have uh, The Book of Fly and other poems, uh, 48 big pages. And uh, you can find these at um, his website, which is um, uh, John Philip Johnson with one L, Philip, johnphilipjohnson.com. But we have the Book of Fly, which just came out after being kickstarted over the summer. And a couple of years ago, we have a whole, stairs appear in a hole outside of town, which shows up a little better on screen because it's not glossy. But uh, they're both beautiful chapbooks. So, um, and they're cheap too. So uh, grab them and give them to, give them as gifts. And I think that, uh, they're a, they're a style of poetry that um, a lot of people can enjoy. So um, I hope you do that. Thanks so much for joining us, John Philip Johnson, and congratulations on your Pushcart Prize. Um, you know, it's a thrill for, for John, but it's a thrill for us too because we don't get those every year. Um, and, and two is a rarity, so uh, that's really fun for us. Now uh, we have the open lines, and um, let me put this up on screen really quick. Um, so if you'd like to call in to read your poem... Uh, you can just send me a chat message to uh, Rattle Poetry, all one word, if you'd like to read your poem, or uh, call 818-850-7727, and uh, just let it ring a few times. It'll come up my call list, and then I'll call you back when the time is right. Um, let's see, so Matthew King's raising his hand to read. We have a few people sending me, uh, let's see, for the open mic, Brent Staffer. Uh, I'm, I'm accepting a request right now. Angela Gartner. So, yeah, email the poem if you'd like it to show uh, appear on screen to open mic. That's M-I-C, open mic, all one word, at rattle.com. And I can show it on screen as you read. Um, and Dick Westheimer, Caitlin B., Caitlin Buxton um, would like to read, too. So we have a whole bunch of people lined up to read. Um, and if you would like to, too, just give me a, give me a quick call or a quick uh, chat message. I'll read a few, too, if we don't if we have time. Um now, the prompt for this week was, um, let me see, there you go. It was write a poem that begins and ends with a question, not the same question, two different questions. So my poem for this week was, um, as I'm working, I always watch um, lectures. I love just, YouTube is amazing, and there's so much cool stuff. So I was watching a lecture on uh, the Sea Peoples and uh, the ends of the Bronze Age, which um, apparently um, no one really knows the exact reason why, and no one knows where these sea people came from, but, but these sea people started invading um, 
um, the Egyptian and, and, and Syrian empires in um, around, uh, what was it, 1870 or so BC. And uh, no one knows what these sea people were. And, and they found recently a wreck of a ship, which included a whole bunch of um, personal items and tools and things like that, which would imply that they're not like Vikings raiding just for, for pillaging, but they're actually uh, people trying to find a new homeland. And so no one even knows who these people were. And um, no one knows what they were fleeing from. And so the lecture I was watching was about um, just ideas for what they were fleeing. I guess there was a there was a uh, drought going on then, which could have driven them. There were a bunch of earthquakes at the time. So something drove them away from where they came from. And um, it was the collapse of their civilization, apparently, that led to the collapse of the entire Bronze Age world, where uh, all, the con- all the cities in eastern... Mediterranean fell, and, and most of them were never rebuilt after uh, this little period of about 50 years where the sea peoples were coming. And um, here's my little poem. It's a triolet. Uh, triolet for these days. It sort of reminds me of the days we're in a little bit. Um, and a triolet, if you don't know, is that there's these, you'll see the, the rhyme scheme and the um, re- refrains. There's several, ref- two refrains in the poem. But since the poem began and ended, with a question I thought this would work. So this is Triolet for these days. Who were the sea peoples? What griefs were they fleeing? What blight brought their evils? Who were the sea peoples? Piled with pots, kids and needles, the shipwrecks revealing, but who were the sea peoples? And what griefs were they fleeing? There's a quick Triolet from me. Now Megan, this is Megan's poem coming up, and these are her prompts. And um, she said she didn't like this poem, but this is, I don't, I don't think Megan can write a bad poem. So this is Megan's poem for her prompt, uh, two questions. And this is uh, today's news. Here's Megan's poem. Today's news. What if you saw her face in person, this brown-eyed girl on the screen with a wan expression and the wrists so thin they make your own ache to look at them? What if she walked beside you and played with your daughter and had a name Could you still do this, go on with your day, walk to the post office, turn the key in your box, ready to read only what was meant for you? That is Megan's poem, Today's News. So those are our two, um, so that we participate too. Let's see what you came up with. Um, Let me see. So a bunch of people who've called in. Let's go to, um, yeah, Jessica Dawson, Vicky Miko, Angela Gartner, um... Yeah, let's see. Let's have people uh, read them themselves first. Um, Let's see. Um, I said we'd do Caitlin. She hasn't been on in a little while. Let's call up Caitlin. Ah, (laughs) there we go. My, hey, I tried to pause my YouTube stream like right when you were calling, but as soon as the Skype window pops up, the shortcuts don't work. (laughs) So... Yeah. Well, Ugh. it works. You sound good, and, and your video's good. Right. You got a great internet connection, so everything is right. good. Um, how you doing tonight? And you're, you're calling from Alaska, of course. How's everything going there? Yep. Um, it's good. Went out for a nice little nature walk today, and that's why I almost forgot this was happening, so thank <laughs> goodness for YouTube notifications. Well, I'm glad you got back And I have time. to yeah. say, um, you know, I am not a huge graphic novel fan, like I've tried to read them with my students and on my own and I enjoy the stories, but I find myself always thinking, Oh, I just want to read the text, but (laughs) I really, this was really cool. Um, 
this interview tonight and i also um ordered his awesome. his books That's in so cool. digital glad to hear well, yeah i feel the same way about graphic novels i can't stand them honestly and my daughter who's nine <laughs> she's about to turn 10 she loves all those um uh, what is it the um um I don't know all those those kid graphic novels, and and she she mm-hmm. loves reading too. But I feel like they're they just kind of suck your imagination away a little bit because uh, you can't imagine you don't have that like third eye going on because you, it's you're just your two yeah. eyes seeing what's happening. Um, but yeah, and it's funny too because I I am actually really into movies mm-hmm. and have been experimenting with some screenwriting, um, but I guess when I sit down to read a book, I just want to read a book. You know, I think maybe that's what it is, is it's just like the yeah. in-between state yeah, it's, it's graphic like you novel get, that throws get me lost off. in it. And I, and I worry that like, like the, the, the ability to appreciate getting lost in something is lost if you're reading graphic novels. Um, but these are, I think John's right though, yeah. that it's a good intro for kids who are poetry averse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and these are so well done. Like they're just such good poems. Like the line, every line is a good line, and then you get have cool art to go with it. So I think it works really well. Um, for sure. Yeah. So, so your poem is "Ghost of the Self." Yeah, I think um, I'm. Pro- I I assume I don't know, but I'm probably not the only one um, during this time who has felt like or seen myself kind of returning to old habits. Mm-hmm as I'm spending more time at home. And so that's kind of the headspace I was in when I attempted to write a poem on the prompt. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much for sharing it. Here it is. It's on screen. Um, oops. That's, let's see. I have to find it first. Okay. Um, oh, screen view. There are just so many buttons. Okay. <laughs> okay. Ghost, yep. ghost of the self. All right. Ghost of the self. If you can see me, does that mean we've traded places, become our past self again? If you could see me shudder, I would, to know we've placed ourselves in the position of repeating the past. But if you can read this, who is writing whom into the present? Very nice. That was Ghost of the Self by Caitlin Buxbaum. Thanks so much for sharing that, Caitlin, and, uh, and joining us again tonight. Yeah, if I could share one thing real quick. Um, This weekend, um, this Saturday, I'm actually having my first virtual book launch Ah. for my new book. Um, So if people want to tune into that, that would be cool. I'd love to see some rattle regulars there. Put a link in the comments wherever you're watching and uh, so people can find you. And what's the book called? I I saw it for a second, but not enough to read it. Yeah, I just like, (laughs) like, look at it. Now you can't see it. Um, It's called Interstitials Uh and it's actually already available because I was supposed to have a signing in at a bookstore in April and then COVID happened Mm -hmm. and it got canceled. And so um, it's already available, but I wanted to have a launch to read some from it and answer questions and talk with people. So Terrific. Yeah. Um, well, include the link and uh, and congratulations on your book. Yeah, it's great to hear. Thanks. I will do that. Okay. Well, have a good night, Caitlin. Yeah, you too. Okay. Um, I'm going to read a poem for somebody. Um, and then we'll get, we'll get some more phone calls. Um, now, this poem is by anonymous uh, the author did not want to reveal her name but um i'm gonna read it in her stead but this is rat eulogy from anonymous why is it that rats get such a bad rap 
as if they're gross and only full of germs, worthy of being poisoned in a trap. Mere mention of them can make people squirm, as if they are a cockroach or disease, incapable of bringing happiness the way dogs and cats do with, with so much ease. But this sonnet will turn to sappiness as I think of my rat and the oldest son curled up near one another, then asleep, the worries of an Asperger's day done, a bond that can make this mother heart weep. Our silver snuggles did us so much good. Why are pet ratios misunderstood? That is Rat Eulogy by Anonymous. Thanks so much for sharing that. I love, I love sonnets. It was great to get to read that. So thanks for sharing that, Anonymous. Okay, um, let's see. So, so now that it's uh, getting into summer, I used to know it was sort of time to stop when uh, the sun started going down. And um, um, now the sun is still up, and so it's messing me up. But it is 7.30, so we got we to gotta sort of wrap it up. But let's do um, uh, Richard Westheimer, because um, he was on the list uh, for Poetry Spot Live on Sunday, and we didn't get to him. So let's get to him before we go home tonight. Yeah, we got a lot of people on the list, but uh, here's Richard Westheimer. Thanks so much for joining us. Let me pull you in, Richard. Hello, how are you doing tonight? Good. It's a little warm here in Southwest Ohio, but uh, I've got the fan turned off. Had to hit the YouTube stop and the fan off. <laughs> awesome. Well, it sounds great, so I appreciate that you did that. It's hot in here, too. Um, my office, we don't get any air conditioning or heat. So in the winter, I'm like bundled up and I'm going to be sweating every one of these podcasts because I, I, I can't have fans in the, in the, the windows open. So, um, I'm in trouble, but we'll see how it goes. I need to f- come up with something. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing today. Yeah. Um, so, so you had, let's see, your two question poem implicating you in the crime of the last half eon. Is there anything you want to say about it before you read it? Well, I thought I was going to be very clever and just do one question that lasted the whole, whole poem mm-hmm. that would have sort of qualified as being at the beginning and end, but the poem demanded otherwise. So um, here, here you are, me implicating you in the crime of the last happy on. Did you know that bleeding horseshoe crabs is a thing? That half a million a year are captured and placed on racks strapped in by black bungees as their milky blue blood is drained from them, that this is no abstraction like love or antiquity, that these creatures lived before plants began on land, before Gondwana met Pangaea, before the five great extinctions, which were not abstractions. And now, We reap them from the sea for a liquid more dear than mercury. Or Chanel number five, which I read was the only thing Marilyn Monroe wore to bed, which led JFK to abandon Camelot, and that Jesus had five scars and Moses five books. And Coco Chanel thought women shouldn't smell like flowers. They they should smell like women, which is an abstraction or like laundry, which is not, and that without horseshoe crab blood, you would likely be dead of E. coli or of some contaminated drug, but you're not, and the crabs are, or at least they will be, this arthropod having survived the Ordovician, but likely not 
homo medicandus, which is just fine with me so long as they survive me, which is not, not an abstraction. Don't you agree? Awesome. Thanks so much. That was uh, Richard Westheimer really implicating you in the crime of the last half eon. Love the music in that poem, Richard. Thanks so much for sharing it. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Have a great night. Have a cool evening. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Um, let's see. Well, I really should go. Let me see. Um, I want to make sure we get new people. Um, I want to make sure I get anybody who both sent me a message and a poem. But I think we're good. Yeah. So um, so if I can't share your poem today, um, I'm sorry, but we are out of time. i got to put my kids to bed. It is that time of night. They, uh, we start the bedtime routine at 7.30. But um, thanks so much for joining us tonight. It's been a real pleasure. Um, I just love John Philip Johnson's work. It was great to meet him. I love all your poems for the prompt. Um, next week's prompt is going to be... Um, this is uh, next week's prompt. With your eyes closed, open any book to a random page. Make the title of your poem the first word you see. That's next week's prompt. With your eyes closed, open any book to a random page. Make the title of the poem the first word you see. So pretty open-ended prompt. Get you something, uh, something to kick you in gear and then write some. Which is uh, the whole point of these, really everything we do, is that uh, writing makes life better. And uh, poetry makes life better in so many ways. And I'm glad that everybody can do this and uh, share the poems that you write. So um, next week's guest is going to be Dorian Lux and her new new and selected book, which was the uh, finalist for the Pulitzer Prize, Only As the Day Is Long. That's her new and selected book by Dorian Lux. Um, she's always been one of my favorite poets, um, you know, from back in the days of what... Uh, what we carry uh, like in the 90s it was one of my uh, poets that i was introduced to poetry through is dorian lux we interviewed her in rattle number eight or nine and uh, now she'll be on the Rattlecast, episode number 44 with her new book only as the day is long so really looking forward to that um, in the meantime hope you have a great night and uh, i'll see you soon night